Hey, hey, hey. Back Porch is back again. And I'm back with my boys, Jake and Scott, for another great episode. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the SEC. Full breakdown of some teams, predictions, over-unders. Guys, I am ready to get it going. So let's get this party started. First, Scott, how are you, Jake? How are you? It's been a few weeks. Um, anything to update the our little fan base of, on life or anything? Life might have a purpose here soon because football season is coming back. The weekends have been dull. The dog days of summer of just Major League Baseball. And uh, shout out to Cavs, Summer League champs. Um, you know, hang the banner, print the t-shirts. Uh, but life has a purpose as fall is upcoming. Uh, don't you know it? I mean, the All-Star break was fun. The All-Star game was great. It was a phenomenal game. Um, yes. The Home Run Derby was stuff you 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 write about. Uh, the crowd was there. Uh, the competition was there. It was fun. Uh, so, But, yeah, we get that whole part of this uh, July through August and uh, football starting. You know, we got people reporting to NFL camps. This week we got – um, the Hall of Fame game in a couple weeks, you know, it's it's starting to pick up. So that's why we wanted to go ahead and get uh, our previews going because everybody's been predicting the last couple weeks, and I'm ready. I'm ready to get this uh, the show on the road and uh, get all this information out to our loyal followers. Uh, and so if you are listening to us and you're current this year, be on, be stay with us because uh, we have we have the insight, we have that information. Uh, especially when it comes to SEC football, two of us in here are SECers. So, uh, and we got one Big Tenner, but he's pretty good. <laughs> Love it. All right, let's head up. Let's um, let's head up with our. Uh, let's head up with our rapid fire over under. Scott, lead the way um, with this one, and we're just gonna go quick, rapid over under. Uh, uh, these are from from our um, Hollywood. What is it? Hard Rock? Uh, hard Rock Bets? Yes, is that yes, what yes. we're using? Okay. Yes, sir. So all of our lines this year will be sponsored by the uh, Hard Rock uh, Hard Rock Bet. They just rebranded for the launch in four new states. So shout out to Hard Rock. Very easy app to use. Uh, a lot of props to bet on. Uh, we did have a little taste of it in November 2021. Uh, yes. Really what fun. A great, Potentially what a great coming month. to Florida. Yes, it was. It was a great month. So shout out to Hard Rock, uh, Hard Rock Bet. Um, we'll keep you updated on the Florida gambling news for that. Um, we'll start off with the Alabama Crimson Tide. Over under is set at 10 and a half, Nate. 10 and a half. I believe the Crimson Tide. Uh they're working on some things. I'm going under 10 and a half. Jake. Yeah, so before I realized all the quarterback stuff, I had them going over. I, I still think I'm, – I'm just going to roll with the over. I, it's hard for me not to, to predict Nick Saban to not have his first uh, double-digit winning season in, I think, 13 years now. So I'm going to go over. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, I'm on over with uh, with this one because uh, 
because of I got to see it them under under 11 before I pick them to do it. So I'm over. Uh, over to Jake's Auburn Tigers is set at six and a half. Nate. Six and a half. I think Auburn gets six. I think they go six and six this year. So under. Under. Jake, your hometown team. I've got them going over, over, and that's one of my breakdown teams later, so I'll go into it more. Um, but I'm just going to keep it short right now. I'm going to go over six and a half wins. I'm over six and a half. I love uh, the amount of talent that Freeze has brought in that you will let us know of here in a little bit. Uh, this one is good in the in the home state of Florida. Florida Gators over under is set up five and a half, Nate. Lay under. <laughs> no, they uh I got them I got it at five at five wins, so that's why I got them under. Their schedule's ridiculous. I have the Florida Gators uh going under because they do have a very difficult schedule and they're still rebuilding from the shambles they were left in. Yeah. And I don't trust yep, Grand I'm, yeah, I'm I'm with you under five and a half. Uh, they stole one against Utah early in the season last year. I don't think that that happens when they go to Utah this year. Under five and a half. Uh, Georgia eleven and a half set at over. Under yes. Nate. There we go. Uh, I have Georgia. You said 11 and a half? Mm-hmm. Scott? Said 11 and a half? Yes. That means... 11 and a half. I don't think they're, they're going to go undefeated. So I'm going to go under 11 and a half. All right. I think they will go undefeated with a cupcake schedule they have, so I have them hitting the over. I have over 11 and a half as well for the same reason. I don't think that their schedule is challenging. Uh, it's definitely not. on to my Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, over under is set at six and a half for the Kentucky Wildcats. Nate. I have Kentucky definitely a, 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 like a dark horse team because you really can't. They've been competitive every year for the last seven years. So I'm going to give them over. Uh, over that, probably around eight wins with uh, Devin Leary coming in and solidifying his draft status. I have Kentucky at over six and a half wins. Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm breaking down Kentucky here soon, um, so stick around for that. But I am over six and a half as well with the Kentucky Wildcats. Moving on. To the to the Bayou LSU Tigers over nine and a half Nate. This is a tough one. Be, it's a tough one because they probably have the hardest schedule in the world. It, it's they're like them and South Carolina have the toughest schedule in the world. So, uh you said nine and a half. So nine and a yeah. half. I'm gonna go LSU. Over nine and a half. Yeah, I also have uh, go Tigers. I got them over nine and a half as well. Little coach, <laughs> little coach, old tribute. 
Uh, shout out, shout out, Coach O. We might have him in the news soon. Uh, interested in the Northwestern job potentially. Um, I have LSU under nine and a half. Very, very tough schedule. Uh, BK had a good year. Um, see a little regression in year two here. Um, over to Brandon Walker's Mississippi State Bulldogs, Nate. Uh, Rip, Coach Leach. What is their over under? Scott, you didn't give it to. Me. I think it's six and a half, right, Scott? I believe I think I think they'll get I think they'll be under um at six. They'll go six and six. New head coach, um, new offensive identity. It's just you you're missing a lot when you have Coach Leach. I mean, they won that bowl game against Illinois just because they needed to. Um, but I yeah, I can see them struggling this year at six, 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 six and six for sure. Uh, I have Mississippi State going under uh, new coaching staff, a little bit of scheme change up. So I'm, I'm going to go under six and a half. Did we lose Scott? Yeah, we lost Scott, but that's okay. I have it pulled up, Nate, so we can okay, keep rolling cool. through. Um, uh, Missouri's the next one. So uh, line set at six and a half. What do you got for Missouri? They love Drinkowitz, man. That uh, I just I don't see them getting six and a half wins. I see them being competitive. They're a really good team um, when it comes to like on the number wise, but no, uh, under six and a half. I also have under six and a half for Missouri. Scott's back with us. Scott, we just did uh, run Missouri uh, six and a half. Me and Nate both have them under. Um, what do you got, Missouri? Yep. Yep, I have uh, under six and a half for Mississippi State and Missouri. Um, awesome. So we'll so, move on so far to we're on it. Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Uh, seven and a half. Seven and a half. Over. Uh, Lane Kiffin's good for eight every year. Very true. Taking them over, Jake. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was like, oh, Scott just did this. My bad. Uh, Ole Miss, seven and a half. I got them going over. I'm, I'm breaking down Ole Miss for my surprise team, so you'll get to hear a little more about them uh, a little later. I was not convinced, and then I remembered Lane Kiffin is good for eight every year. Give me over seven and a half. All right. Uh, moving on to the South Carolina Gamecocks, six and a half over under Nate. Coach Beamer alone and his charisma can get them seven wins. So um, I'm giving them seven max this year. <laughs> Their schedule is murders row. It's stupid. I would I would hate to be a Gamecock fan because they're they got no help at all this year. So uh, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna go over six. What was it? Six and a half. Six and a half. Yeah, I'll give them. I'll go uh, over that. So because they're gonna they're gonna get it. They're gonna get seven at least. Yeah, I had uh, South Carolina with exactly seven wins, so uh, we're gonna go over for South Carolina. I'm uh, I'm going under six and a half. I will take Ooh. the I will uh, be a lone wolfie over here with the uh, with the under. Um, and we are missing Ryan to too. Yeah, Ryan. Ryan's uh, we'll we'll get Ryan's picks up on the graphic. Um, yeah, we'll get Ryan's. But up for the purpose of tonight. Uh, Tennessee Volunteers, Nate, your team. 
Nine and a half is Nine where half. they have the line set. Where are we at? Over. Over. Easy. Under. <laughs> oh, Jake, you're muted. Oh, no. I got okay. it. We're good. Thanks for catching it. <laughs> I have Tennessee at 10 wins. So I have them hitting me over. Boom. It's another Orange Bowl, baby. Dang, it's- He's gonna break your heart. I, I, he doesn't. He's a big ten guy. He doesn't know. It's, it's okay. It's the distractions. It's the distractions. Nine wins Distra- for Tennessee. Distractions. Nine Maybe I can. Maybe uh, like a bunch of sanctions. I can break all that down for you in my segment later. Maybe I can. <laughs> maybe you can change your mind. I don't know. I think I'm committed. I don't think there's there's any takebacks on. On the segment, I'm, I think I'm, this I'm the is commissioner on of the porch. I'm the commissioner <laughs> of the porch. I can make things happen. And you'll give me an card. exemption, and uh, yeah. a, a one-time exemption. Uh, Texas yes. A&M seven and a half for good old Jimbo Fisher. This is stealing candy from a baby in Vegas terms. This is easily an eight-win to nine-win team. Um, so I'm going with them. I'm going over. I do have their over, however, don't be shocked. Their floor, their floor is pretty bad again. But their ceiling, their ceiling is very high. They're, it's the they have biggest the highest floor, and the lowest floor. Biggest floor and ceiling in the entire SEC. So I do have them hitting the over, but don't be shocked. You heard it here on the back porch first. The wheels could fall off quick. It could. It could, could. Vegas, Vegas loves the uh Vegas loves the over. In this paying out one minus one seventy five, but under paying out plus one forty, it's crazy. Uh, if you look at it, the same thing uh, with uh, well, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take A and M over seven and a half as well. But they have, they have the same payout here for uh, Vandy as well, uh, minus one seventy for over three and a half. I have the Vandy breakdown coming up. Um, <laughs> I, I I had it when I broke it down. We were at two and a half, and I was going over. I don't know if they can get four, but <laughs> give me give me under well, it, Vandy, under Vandy. It, it moved because it was earlier in December at two and a half, and so many people yeah. are taking it over at because yeah, everyone knows they can win three. Right? Yeah. That oh, yeah. They're, they're non conference. As long as they beat yeah. Hawaii, I think they play Hawaii week zero. Yes. Um, and they play yeah, them they in good. 38 days. But they and they're go to still Hawaii, not done right? with No, it's in Nashville. And they're not done with their field. The half their field is gone. I yeah. don't know why he's going to win that one. But yeah, I had <laughs> oh, Vandy yeah, over. Taylor, did they have the Taylor Swift concert there? No, 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 no. no. They're, they're doing renovations on the renovations, stadium. but yeah, they have that, 38 days to finish the Scott, stadium. Uh, we did miss one team. We missed one team, and I don't know. Uh, right, we missed Arkansas. Hold on, I gotta Arkansas. go. Uh, Vanderbilt, oh, I'm going over. They're gonna get four, they're gonna beat Wake Forest. I have, I have Arkansas right now. I'm ready for it. Yeah, so you Jake, have what you, you say, three and a half, Nate. I got over three and a half. I'm going over three and a half. Put your money down. Clark Lee, he got his extension. Cool. What was Arkansas's over under, Scott? Jake, 
uh, three and a half. Or, or no, not three and a half. Vandy. Are you over or under on Vandy? And then we got our over. Arkansas. Over, over. Sorry, my bad. You're oh, over God, three and a half. Believers. Okay. And then uh, right. Arkansas. You, you're fine. <laughs> you got the two believers in here. Loving, loving the SEC bias over here already. Shortly into the episode. <laughs> uh, Arkansas is six and a half. Over all day. Arkansas can play everyone tough. Six and Over a half. Over all day. KJ Jefferson's 19th year. They have a freaking phenomenal defense coming back. They, <laughs> uh, the whole team is like 98 years old. They're all on ARP. They could easily get six wins. Uh, they're going to be the hardest team to play ever. They're just going to be pesky. And I like Sam Pittman, so easily over on six and a half. Yeah, so when I saw this line uh, in January, it was actually an even seven via another sports book we won't mention. And I had them actually on a push to win exactly seven games. I don't think they won eight. I, on the other hand, opposite of Nate, do not believe in K.J. Jefferson to do it for a full slate. So I got them at exactly seven wins. So that is enough for a six and a half over. So I will take the over if it's at six and a half. They're like the hardest team you will ever play in the world. But they'll never win. <laughs> yeah. So, but anyways, it's over for them. Scott, what do you got? Yeah, I'm over uh, I'm over six and a half. I'm on the, on the Woo Pig Suey hype train. Um, and I'm ready to ready to go into our team breakdown here. Who uh, wow. who's taking wheel? Let's uh, let's start off with Auburn. Let's I want I want to learn a little bit more let's about do it. these Tigers since uh, Hugh Freeze took over the reins. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously Auburn's doing something that in my lifetime I'm very familiar with, and that's starting the season with a brand new. Co- oh, Auburn shit. Auburn historically. Sorry. You're good. Auburn historically is very good with a brand new coach. Look at what Gus Malzahn did going to the Natty. Look what Brian Harson did. He won like eight games. Potato Man, we'll start calling him Potato Man. We'll no longer refer to him <laughs> to his actual name. Um, <laughs> and even when Gene Shizik was there, you know, he had a transition. He brings in Gus Malzahn to coach the offense. And they go win a national championship with the greatest college, single season college quarterback ever. And that's cam newton so i am really high on what auburn's doing they brought in 19 guys from the portal but they didn't just bring in a bunch of wide receivers and dbs they brought in everything but especially they brought in the worst part of their team last year which was the offensive line but talking about quarterbacks they did bring in one addition that would like to point out a few little stats so they brought in peyton thorne he's not been announced as a starter uh hugh freeze has alluded to we're gonna run a two quarterback system Makes a lot of sense because Robbie Ashford's legs are absolutely ridiculous. But in the two seasons that Peyton Thorne was a starting quarterback at Michigan State, he threw for 3,232 yards, and his worst of the two years was 2,679. Let me just tell you something. If he can throw for 3,223 yards, he will be second all-time in a single season at Auburn. And if he throws for 2,679 yards, he will be good for sixth all-time as a quarterback in a single season. Auburn does not always put out these quarterbacks. So if he can be somewhere in between, there's no doubt in my mind that Auburn can win eight games or nine games. On the flip side, it is a rebuild. Hughes doing this a different way than other uh, other guys have in the past. But our defense is still going to be great. 
Ron Roberts is there. I'm going to be running that defense. One of the smartest minds. Um, so we will see what happens. But I personally think that Auburn is going to win between seven and nine games this year. And, yes, I'm a homer, absolutely. But when you bring in that much talent, you bring in a, the transfer from Ohio State wide receiver, you bring in Rivaldo Fairweather at tight end, um, you bring in linebackers, defensive tackles, you bring in a, one of the best center transfers in the nation, you bring in tackles and interior offensive linemen. There's no reason they shouldn't be able to compete. They have a very favorable uh, non-conference schedule. Uh, they have to go – to Cal to basically that, play at midnight. Night midnight game at Cal. Yeah, pretty much midnight. Um, I pulled up the schedule real quick while we're sitting here chatting about Auburn. I think I had them exactly winning eight and four. Um, I had them winning. So they go to UMass win, Cal win, Samford, not Stanford, but Samford, Samford. win at Texas AM where they have found success at AM how to win. Then they're going to go three straight losses in my mind to Georgia, LSU, Ole Miss. That's three losses. Then they get Mississippi State at home win, go to Vandy win, to Arkansas win, New Mexico State at home uh, win, and then Bama at home loss. So I have them at eight and four exactly because I do believe what Hugh Freeze has done bringing in guys. And I do know that when you bring in a brand new uh, coordinating team and a new head coach that a lot of times – magic can happen because the, the leagues aren't ready for it. So I do have Auburn eight and four. Um, that's my breakdown for the Auburn Tigers. Nice. Uh, question about the Auburn Tigers. How many of the core of the team stayed? Um, I know a lot of guys left um, after we lost and all 20, that job. We lost 20 plus transfers to the transfer portal, brought in 19 portal guys and another about 20 guys um, from the high school ranks. So our defense, we're bringing back a ton of our guys on defense. Uh, a lot of our DBs, um, some of them looking to go in the draft this year. We've, so you say 50% of the rosters? No, yeah, yeah, pretty much. But that's okay because look how bad we were. You know, I'm yeah, not really yeah. upset about it. Yeah. Uh, pretty much you'll have three brand new wide receivers running. running what, is the, what is the feedback? Obviously, it's preseason. Everybody's saying the same thing. But, like, what is the, the nucleus that stayed – uh, with that culture that he's building, is the excitement? Is it that family atmosphere? Um, is it they all just want to win so badly? Um, what can it kind of break down what's going on during this offseason? Are they having fun? Are they getting to know each other even more deep in a brotherhood kind of thing? Um, you know, eliminating all the noise and just really focusing on getting better um, every practice, getting better um, throughout, you know, just life in general. Um, to me, from the non-Auburn side of this thing, it looks like literally the Hypel turnover is the exact same um, year one for Hypel, um, especially right now. Obviously, we haven't played a game yet, but the first the first thing Hypel did was everybody who stayed was like, cool, you're my guys. All right, let's have some fun. And they'll bring in the guys I need to bring in. So, um what uh, that, I know is a long question. Um, I yeah, don't so I need to repeat it. Yeah, now you're good. The the fastest way I can answer it is they asked him this at um, SEC Media Day. So what do you what what's going on? What it, what's how are you resetting Auburn? He said 100. percent It's a culture shift. We're we're resetting the culture shift. I can't find the quote off the top of my head, which is bad on me. But basically, he said faith is our number one thing, and it's not necessarily faith in a higher being, but it's faith in the guy sitting next to you as number one. 
um, hard work is one of them. And he goes through like five things of culture. This is our culture. This is our nucleus. And guys are buying in. Everybody's pumped. I mean, we're not out here getting these five-star recruits right now that we haven't gotten in the past like four or five years without yeah. Hugh Free selling something and making guys believe. So whatever he's doing is working. The other big thing to think about, yeah, we lost some guys. We kept some guys. Carnell Williams stayed. And we all mm-hmm. saw that Texas A&M game and, and what he means to Auburn is is unbelievable. I remember being a kid back in 2004 watching him uh, just run all over people, him and Ronnie Brown. So Carnell Williams being back is massive for the program. Yes. Yeah, I think, I think Auburn, to me, is going to have a standout year. I think the whole expectations is just get, just get a bowl game. Just get a good bowl game. That's all. But they could – if they, you know, that first year, like how uh, Heupel did, he shocked some people and uh, and got some wins. So, and trying to figure it out. And it's also, you know, Hugh Freeze runs a really good offense. So, year one with that offense, it's a lot of meshing together and timing. So, they might not look as good week one to two, but come week nine and seven and eight into the season – they might be looking. They might be looking pretty damn good uh, offensively uh, when it comes to the timing of it and everything like that. Knowing whoever their quarterback is, the packages, the plays. My biggest concern for Auburn is depth. Is uh, it's a long season, so I know um, they're building offensive line depth, but how much do they actually have? Well, that's the thing. You brought in three or four freshmen that a couple of them will get a chance to play. You brought in four from the portal, and you had three guys left over, three or four left over to various positions. I mean, there's guys that have played a lot of football on the offensive line that are there, and there's some newcomers, and there looks like one or two of the freshmen may get a chance to play on that line early, which is good because you got you got guys that have played football in at yeah. college level to backing them up. So it's are not linemen, perfect. Are these linemen doing double duty, like – Playing both guard positions. They don't need it. Martin, they don't need it for the first it. time in oh, that's good. Uh, eight years, man. We that's good. That's a good sign. We actually good have sign. tackles and guards, and yeah. center may be the only position that you, our backup center can also play interior line, but he's not a he's not the starter. But he played center last year when we had two injuries at the center position. He came in and mm-hmm. he was better than the other two. When the other two got healthy, he stayed playing. He was great. And we were able to run the ball down people's throats through, you know, the last three weeks of the go. season. There you go. There you go. Sweet. That is a great breakdown by Jake on our Auburn Tigers, uh, your Auburn Tigers, but the SEC Auburn Tigers football. Um, so if you are listening to this, be don't be surprised if you come, you know, mid-October and you're going, wait, why is Auburn staying in this game with this team? It's because – it's their culture, it's their staff, it's the depth that they've done in the offseason um, to be competitive quickly. So oh, that yeah. is awesome, completely awesome. So um, Scott has left the chat. I don't know where Scott went. Uh, he'll be back, I'm assuming. Uh, Jake will probably find that on that one. I'm going to give my bias breakdown of my Tennessee Volunteers. Tennessee Volunteers Year 3 of the hypo experiment. Um, most recently this week, uh, NCAA took away 11 wins that really don't care about. Um, <laughs> uh, 
but it's information and news that Tennessee has been waiting for since he took over because we self-imposed a lot of our, um, a lot of our discipline. Uh, we did a self-imposing of scholarships the last three seasons. We've taken 10 scholarships each season away from us. Uh, so really all we really needed was the NCAA to tell us you don't have a ban, a bull ban, because if you don't, if you have a bull ban, all the recruiting you've been doing, all the momentum you've been doing goes right down the drain saying, hey, if you come to our team, you're going to, you know, compete for championships. Well, you can't if you have a bull ban. So um, that was huge news this week. Not committing the violations. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, they got ahead of it. Uh, a lot of the – I think the best thing that Jared Gantano ever did was narc on Jeremy Pruitt. Uh because the sanctions, not the sanctions, but the information happened the the week of the Texas A&M game when he was told he's not starting anymore as a six-year senior. <laughs> That's when the, the rumors happened, and it went to uh, the president of the school. And the president of the schools said the person who came to her had was a, uh, very respected and has, and she had to listen to him. And I'm like, it's freaking Jerry Gantano. He's a whistleblower. So that's what happened. I believe Jeremy Pruitt is the scum of the earth. I, this is what happens when you hire an Alabama scum, a bammer, to run your program. Uh, but Tennessee did the right thing. They self-imposed a bunch of stuff. And uh, a lot of it has uh, already been um, attached. They've already uh, stunned their self-imposing. So the – Really, the big kicker is taking 11 wins away from us. Oh, no, 11 wins. It might not mean a lot, but it did take us out of the top 10 of most winning programs of all time. But we'll, we'll get that back. We'll get that back um, when it comes to um, UT football. But, no, we're, we're, we're focusing on the 2023 season. This year, it, it could be – uh, eight win season, or it could be an undefeated season. The ceiling is high, the floor is mid, but from everything that everybody's focusing on when it comes to the Vols this year, everybody's focusing on Joe Milton. What can Joe do? Milton do? Can Joe Milton be accurate? Can Joe Milton make the plays? Can he make the reads? Can he make the calls? He's a fifth-year guy. He got beat out at Michigan. Can Joe do this? Joe do that? Blah, 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 blah. I'm not even focusing on Joe because if you know Heupel's offenses, Heupel likes to run the ball just as much as he likes to pass it. He's about 50-50, and we have a stable of running backs this year with a very – very experienced, deep the offensive line, which they, all they do is like knocking knocking chocolate out of you. And so you you take that running game with the fast pace of that offense. Really, you're not asking Joe to do a lot of a lot. You're just asking Joe to make those to make those uh make those throws. That's what you're really asking. You're not asking him to be Hendon Hooker. You're asking him to be Joe. Just be Joe. Um, I think what we saw in the Orange Bowl was the team that you're going to see this year. 
And I've rewatched that twice now. In the Orange Bowl, Joe looked really good. The offense looked really good. A lot of people that were going in the draft set out. So you got to see this year's team play a top seven Clemson team, a top a top 10 defensive Clemson team. And you got to see our guys get after it. Um, and they didn't shy away from competition. I expect the same thing to happen this year. Um, depth, they finally have depth. They have a clear vision of what they want to do on offense. Everybody knows what they want to do. They want to go fast. They want to score a lot of points, and they want to get you off of your your positioning. They want to get you uh, confused, and they it, it, and it's proven that. We've seen it the last two years. This is three years into this, three years into this, and so the guys who've been there for three years, we're talking about they should know this offense like the back of their hand. Joe Milton knows the offense back of his hand. Um, if you do want to know anything, my confidence in Heupel – as a quarterback coach and an offensive coordinator and a head coach are through the roof right now. You look at his track record with quarterbacks. He put Drew Locke in the league, like when he went to Missouri. Um, you look at what he did for Hendon Hooker uh, within two years. Look, look, look what he did with um, McKenzie at UCF when he before he got hurt. Look what he did for Dylan Gabriel at UCF. I mean, the guy knows what he's doing uh, when it comes to uh, – quarterbacks and everything about that. And then on top of that, the backup with the Nico kid, it's going to be a really fun ride for the Vols. And it's only starting right now. Um, they they just at 7 PM tonight, they got their, uh, their, their uh, diamond five-star Mike, Mil- Mike Matthews wide receiver, number one ESPN wide receiver in the nation. So guys are starting to come to, to UT and they're starting to see it. And so, if you're an offensive guy, you want to be there because you know I can get to the league. So we have so many wide receivers. I think the wide receiver core this year, even because Tillman and Hyde are gone, we, you would think, oh, we got it. Those are huge, fill, uh, huge holes to fill. I don't think so. I think you have Brew McCoy. He's 6'4, 235. Uh, if you don't know who he is, he's the guy who made that catch in the Alabama game, that big catch to get us to uh, the field goal. Brews a bruise a hoss, right? He's not gonna burn you, but he's gonna he's gonna be able to do the one-on-ones. Um, you got Squirrel White, that kid is the fastest kid on the team. You put him in the slot, you do all their their fast paced stuff and movements and in and route running. By all means, have fun trying to catch him. We still have uh Ramil Keaton, you got Princeton Fant coming back, just depth everywhere. Um, we have uh, a couple freshmen wide receivers that might get some looks this year. But the number biggest improvement in the offseason is the defense. Tennessee, everyone looks at the South Carolina game, and I can get into that in another day. But their defense was flirting with disaster all year last year. They just didn't have – they didn't have DBs. They had no corners. They had no safeties. They had nothing. Um, they brought in uh, a, the uh, best corner from BYU and their best linebacker from BYU. They brought in a bunch of dudes from the transfer portal to fill the gaps. On top of that, they have Danico Slaughter coming in at the star position this year. He's going to have a breakout year. Everyone's talking about it. All the NFL um, focus, NFL uh, professional focus, football guys, uh, whatever it is, they're like, they're predicting a breakout year for him. Um, I predict a breakout year on the defensive side of the ball to where we're actually going to be stopping teams. Um, no more, no more. Oh, if 
you know, we can outscore them. We're going to be able to, we're going to see a full team play together finally. And special team wise, we brought in a, another kicker uh, who's going to be able to kick the ball very well uh, for the ball. So I'm looking at a really, really good season. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of the talking heads around the country, it's all about Joe Milton, Joe Milton, Joe Milton, Joe Milton. And I say it's all about the defense and the running game. And uh, I think they know that too. And they have a lot of depth. They have a lot of talent. Oh, biggest transfer portal. They got Dante Thornton from Oregon. Forgot to mention that. He was Oregon's freaking speedster. Did He was pretty much why Bo Nix had a great year. And he transferred to Tennessee. So we have him too. I forgot about him. So you have four good wide receivers. Two of them are faster than everybody else on the team. Faster than anybody else on this field. Um, so it's going to be fun, especially when teams are going to they, they got to try to stop the ball and running bound. And also Joe Milton, he's huge. He's must, He's a monster. So you look for a lot of packages, like how they used Cam Newton at Auburn. Now they used him in the NFL. Um, using him as your like your your third down, your fourth down back, um, uh, getting the ball in the red sneak. zone. Yeah, Jalen Hurts sneak. He's just as big. He's a big dude, so I can see bigger. a lot. Of, he might be bigger, yeah. Like tall, so, at, least, at least taller. I think what is Hurts? Hurts is only like what six one. Yeah, start, yeah, he's like six one, six two. Uh, Joe's like six six. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's two, get, six, get behind two. that boy. It's pretty much what they're going to do. And so that does help in the red zone too, or short yardage. Cause sometimes you get in those short yardage and you do the no huddle. You guys get up and go. Yeah. So, the, the Tebow sneak. Yeah. man. So I'm expecting a big year. I'm expecting to see a full complete package on the field. Um, they go to, they go to Bama. They, to, to, they go to Tuscaloosa. That doesn't necessarily scare me because Tennessee in Alabama, wherever they play each other, it doesn't matter. It could be an empty lot. It could be your backyard. This is going to be a game no matter what. Um, I think last year proved that. And I think they got the monkey off their back. Uh, Tennessee's played Alabama in all the other major sports besides football this year, and they've beaten, they've been undefeated against Alabama and everything. <laughs> so uh, a lot of that's a lot to testament to say, I think the monkey's off the ball's back. Um, the, the sleeping giant is finally awake and they're not going anywhere and they're recruiting at such a high level right now. Um, so in the fans, I can't even, I probably won't even go to a game this year again because I can't afford to go to a game. Like the, the season tickets sold out, the single game tickets have already been on sale and they've only have two games left that are open to the public that I can get. It's UConn and like um, UTSA. Oh, Washington, so, UConn 63 to three. Uh, it'll be great, yeah. <laughs> so that's my breakdown on them. I uh, just just be at alert. Just like don't fall into the the narrative that it's all on Milton's shoulders. It's not on his shoulders. Like yeah. he has, it's. I would say if he didn't have the weapons and the depth around him, with also a really good offensive line, then I would say yes. But it's not. It's not the case. So don't fall for the narrative, boys. You never know. I mean, with uh, you know, Vegas is always pretty close with their uh, with the uh, over unders. So um, I'm going to not do a as detailed breakdown for Vandy. I mean, I love Vanderbilt. I love Nashville. Love everything about it. 
Um, but I have Vandy. Um, but as everyone knows, Vandy is a baseball school. Um, so look, Vandy went five and seven last year. They beat Kentucky. Mm-hmm. They beat the University of Florida. Uh, they did have two wins against Alabama, A&M, and Hawaii. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. But their over-under was two and a half earlier this offseason. If you got it at two and a half, you are going to fucking cash the ticket. Um, it was it was plus 120 as well. So that was, that, that was incredible value if you got over two and a half, plus 120. Uh, I love it. Um, we did take them over three and a half. I believe all of us, did we all take over Vandy? I took them over. Uh, three and a, I think, I think we're just going to ride with Vandy over three and a half. Like Vandy boys, Vandy boys. It was, it was so on the fence. Like if it was two and a half, it was a layup to get three this year. Like they just got to get lucky and beat Alabama and m and Hawaii. Um, so Vandy's not fun to watch. Like, don't watch them. Don't go out of the way to watch them. But no. um, you're gonna have to well, week one, week zero though. It's the only game. On. Yeah, yeah. They they have the Hawaii game. I think it's like seven thirty SEC Network. Yeah. Not that I care or anything. Uh, but uh, do care putting that money down. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, that's my uh, Vandy. Vandy is not the team to watch in the SEC. Go watch Auburn. Go watch Tennessee. Don't watch freaking Vandy football. That's just torture. Um, will they be? Will they be? Will they be better than last year's team? Uh, I would. I would say no. <laughs> I think that in five and seven is brutal. If you can't be better than five and seven, like not a good football team to watch. Do you but think the, they? The one. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say, do you think they can get like a? Missouri this year or a, a, a South Carolina, someone who's sleeping on them. I mean, they got, they got dogged by a lot of the SEC teams last year. So I don't know if it's their year to be lucky. Um, they, they caught Florida at the right time. I think they go on the road in UF this year. So mm-hmm. they're not going to get lucky there. Uh, Kentucky is a going to be a surprise team. They are my surprise team. They don't have any real expectations without the fucking Mayo boy, um, Will Levis there. Um, six and a half is their win total. Uh, they got the kid coming in from NC State as their quarterback um, to, you know. Is this your transition? Expectations. Yeah, that was my this, transition. Okay. The, All right. So we're doing our surprise, our, our surprise team. Okay. All right. So Scott's doing yeah, surprise me, team. Me, me and you can do surprise teams. I know. Jake's got a Jake's got a run here, unless he wants to break down his surprise team in thirty seconds. Yeah, go ahead, Jake. Thirty seconds. Yeah, so my surprise team's Ole Miss, and it's not really that big of a surprise. But uh, the biggest surprise that's going to be is who the heck's who's starting a quarterback for him. They brought in like fourteen quarterbacks, uh, but <laughs> seriously, they run in twenty portal guys. Lane Kiffin's the portal king. We'll see. Um, they bring back a great running game. Uh, the what? <laughs> <laughs> so I I think almost <laughs> yeah right almost is going to surprise some folks potentially they may not they may just be exactly who we think they are with eight wins but I think they could surprise teams and potentially be the second best team in the SEC West. Um, I we'll see. I'm with we'll you. See. I'm with you. I will see. They I will see about them. But uh, Joey Freshwater, aka Lane Kiffin, Lane Train. 
his offense is his offense alone and his mind alone is going to get you to eight wins with whoever doesn't matter play quarterback. I think their defense is uh, uh, I think they're going to get a whole lot better this year defensively. Um, but yeah, I'm with you, man. Um, they'll definitely they'll beat somebody they're not supposed to uh, on their schedule. I they see, have I the see that. third. They have the third most wins over the past. Uh, what was it? Their most overall overall wins behind Alabama and Georgia uh, yeah. over the last three seasons. So now, if it's the Ole Miss team that showed up to the bowl game, no. But if it's yeah. the Ole Miss team that we know that can sh- that needs to play, then yes. That they also got they got beat the shit out of in the bowl game by Oregon State. Like it was bad. Yeah. So I mean, they they bring a lot back. So they're my yeah. surprise team. Don't be. And I just say that to say. Don't be surprised if they and don't be surprised when you're playing them or you Not see them beating all, somebody. Yeah, like where do they play? They always play LSU pretty good, always. Yeah. So who, when do they play them? Uh, they they am I muted? No, I'm not muted. Okay, uh, they get. Um, so the bad thing is the reason I have I have them going nine and three. So they got Mercer, Tulane, Georgia Tech, all three wins, and they go to Bama and get LSU at home. So I have both losses, then. Arkansas at home will win. At Auburn, I have a win. Dandy at home win. Texas A&M at home win. At Georgia, they got to go to Georgia share a loss. And then Monroe and at Mississippi State. So I have them but at they got LSU three. at home? They do, but it's right after going to Bama. So that could be just a letdown Ooh, spot. Uh, but then they, and, they get, and they get Arkansas at home the following week. So they get back-to-back mm-hmm. home games after Bama. So I got them at 9-3. and three, but That's a good year. That's let's, a good not year. Be, let's not be shocked if they beat – Split maybe with Alabama and Georgia and beat LSU. I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked at all. But that Lane, is my Lane can do it. Yeah. So that's going to be my surprise team. I do have to bounce because little surprise. guys need to get to bed. But uh, yeah, appreciate it, guys. I'll take it easy. And uh, thanks for listening to all those uh, out there. Thank you all. Bye, Jake. Go be a dad. Later, guys. Catch you, Jake. See you. Father of two out. Checking out. Look Father at that of two out. Breakdown that we got from. What Drake. a good up. That Jeez, was phenomenal. Like, Auburn, Auburn I felt is, like I was in Auburn is gonna be good. the media room. Auburn's going to be – I'm a Hugh Freeze fan. I've always liked Hugh Freeze. So. Yeah, he, he's uh, – I've always he's liked a, Hugh He's Freeze. a likable even, guy. Even with his burner phones, I liked him. So Yeah, it, it, I, it I respect can, the hell out of him. Yeah, I Listen, respect KD for that. admitting that he has burner accounts. Like, I, I yeah, respect I, I 100% – Definitely respectable. Um, I guess it's my turn for my SEC sleeper team. Um, yeah. I picked, I picked, Tex- I picked Texas A&M. Here's my sleeper pick on Texas A&M. Texas A&M could go undefeated or they could go five and seven. It doesn't – it's the biggest question mark in college football history. What are they going to do? That's what like, – isn't that the beauty of Jimbo Fisher? That's the beauty of Jimbo Wildman Gumbo Fisher. That's what he wants. He wants everybody to be asking him questions. Jim, are you calling the plays this year? Jim, why is Bobby Petrino your offensive coordinator? Uh, Jim, why do you have so many players that are leaving your uh, program? AKA 30 something players left your program. Jim, Jim, Jim. He loves it. He loves the attention. Jimbo. Yeah, he loves he just, that camera. Like, that's why he loved the Jameis experience. He loved the Jameis experience. It was his favorite thing in the world. 
you have to remember Jimbo Fisher sat under Bobby Bowden. So Bobby Bowden, Bobby Bowden gave the best halftime interviews walking into the tunnel. He loved the limelight. So Jimbo does the same thing that Bobby does. Yeah. Right. So when Jimbo was asked yesterday at the SEC media day about who's calling the plays, he skated the question and made it about himself. In typical Jimbo fashion. In Timbo, and he and here's my best Jimbo Fisher impression. I'm gonna do my best, but he was. It don't matter to him. Call the plays. I'm gonna call the plays. Um, you know, we brought Bobby Petrino in. We brought all kinds of. I got all kinds of coaches in my coaches locker room. We we like each other. You know, I respect them all. They respect me. Respect our opinion. So you know, next time if you want to ask a question like that about who's calling plays, just ask me because I'm the boss. That was pretty much Jimbo in a nutshell yesterday. Yeah. That is awesome. That yes. is that is that is the speed of which Jimbo talks at. There's a little bit of that that accent. That that's that's good. That might be up there with your with your Coach O impression. Now, if Coach O gets a job at Northwestern, we gotta we'll bring him back. But um, you Texas you don't want to you don't you don't want to give the people a little bit of a the Coach O a little preview. What what's Coach O's uh, introductory uh-huh. press conference going to be like at Northwestern? Hey, uh, it's good to be in uh, Chicago. Uh, it ain't quite in, uh, in New Orleans, but uh, it's cold up here, but I like purple. So I picked a purple team. I like challenges, and I'm single. So in Chicago, when I come over here, I take out the... Oh, I so, love it. Uh, I love it so much. Yeah, uh... <laughs> Love you, Coach O. Uh, we'll love you on the uh, program one day. Um, anyways, um, <laughs> A&M's biggest secret is who's going to play quarterback. Is it Wegman? Is it Johnson? Is it Wegman? Is it Johnson? No one knows. No one freaking knows. Their team is loaded. When I say loaded, I'm talking about triple barrel magnum shotgun, the biggest gun you could ever find in a video game, loaded. Their team all you have to do is point them in the right direction and they will accomplish the job. The problem is, is the coaches and the staff. And it starts with Jimbo. He gets out of the way and let Bobby Petrino call the plays and, and find an offensive identity. I rewatched that Miami game, like the Miami game from last year. It was boring. They had no identity. They had no clue what they were doing in Miami. Also would have beat them if they would have caught the football. There's yeah. three, three you know, plays. Funny. There's three plays. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> you just reminded me, like, um, of the the coaches of that that kid uh, in that one video is like, it's none of you on players' fault. It was on the coaches, and like, I just assumed like that's how the A and M locker room is, and like the A and M boosters, like it was the coach. It was the coaches, though. <laughs> it was the coaches. That looks like Scott got technical difficulties. But no, AM, all they have to do is literally play together as a team, find their identity, trust in Bobby Petrino to call the plays. He's a great offensive coordinator. He everywhere he's gone, they've scored over 30 something points uh, uh per game with him. They have enough talent on this team for them. 
there's enough talent on this team for AM to be competitive in every game they play. Um, with it's either with Wegman or Johnson. I think Wegman's a better quarterback. He just needs to have a quarterback coach for them. He needs to be confident and everything. But their defense, oh my God, their defensive line is so loaded with NFL talent. Uh, you have the, the the Nolan kid or whatever his name is. Dude's a stud. You have the corners. Both cornerbacks are freaking lightning. Uh, they're, like, their whole DB, the whole defensive unit can play these games by themselves and win this year. So if they can figure out an offense. About the quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So – so we, we have this problem at the big programs going on right now. And I don't know if you can attest to it, but I just had like this weird epiphany like five minutes ago when we were talking about like the quarterbacks, like who's going to play quarterback here? Who's going to play quarterback here? Do you think that there has anything to do with the NIL uh, deals and like coaches naming quarterbacks? Cause like right now it's, you know, the middle of July and we don't know who's playing quarterback at Texas A&M. We don't know who's playing quarterback at Alabama. We don't know who's playing quarterback at Ohio State. And that's just naming three three yeah. big name programs off the top of my head. Like are coaches not naming a quarterback to the media um, right now because of like the pro- the possibilities of these guys with NIL deals like ruining it for them? Nah, or I don't, are they afraid that they're just going to no. go into the portal and leave right before the season? I, like, I what think you, it what might be – I think it might be what you just said. They they might be – if they announce a quarterback too early, they lose a guy to the portal, right? It's about it's about navigating that. But I also think they, want, they need to see these guys compete again in the fall. There's not enough separation between – the quarterbacks competition wise to uh to say hey this is gonna be my starter and a lot of these guys a lot of these guys need fall camp to separate themselves to one to prove what they've done the whole summer right you can definitely tell if someone put in a whole bunch of work over the summer right so uh, a lot of these quarterbacks like at Alabama you got Sampson uh, Buckner and Milrow Right. Well, they can't make a decision because they're so close uh, in competition. There's not one person separating themselves and making themselves um, better in practice. So it, it comes down to I'm going to need these first two games, three games to figure out who my guy is. Um, unfortunately, Alabama doesn't have that. They have one week to figure that out because they got Texas week two. Yep. So. Uh, Ohio State, luckily for them, they play cupcakes yeah, like three for the first three weeks. So they can, they can, all right, you're going to, you're going to have the first quarter, you're going to have this, and you know what I mean? To see what they do. Um, eventually, cream rises to the top always, and a quarterback will be named. You can't, you cannot not as a coach go into like the fourth week not having a named quarterback. Yeah, you saw that a couple so, of years ago with uh with Michigan when Hardball was, did it. Exactly, it was, with Hardball, it was a yeah. disaster. It was. So um a lot of it could be they're just that good. All of them they're just that good that there's there's no separation because competition's so good. 
Or it could be, hey, they're not figuring it out. They're not showing confidence. A lot of it, you can see it in the kid's shoulders. You can see it when he plays in practice. If he's if he's playing loose, if he's playing in his in between his head, uh, he looks slower compared to what his game field in high school looked like. Because in high school, you're a stud. You just have confidence in yourself, and you just play. Yeah. So a lot of it has to do with that. I think Milrow is going to be the starter, just because of his legs. You don't need a lot out of an arm when you can get out of situations with your legs at Alabama. Um, their offensive line is going to be a whole lot better. The wide receiver core is going to be a whole lot better. They're going to take a step forward in that. Tommy Reese is a very pro-style, run-the-ball type coordinator. They're going back to that slow, grind-it-and-beat-you-up kind of football style um, with these quarterbacks because they don't have Bryce Young. Um so they're going to try to keep it as simple as possible and pretty much let the studs do their job. Yeah. So we'll see that. Wow, we're, we're so close. We're so close we're so from close. the season starting. We're so it's, close. It's exciting to do this breakdown yes. of uh, – We have our prediction Coverage segments. number one. Coverage number one, SEC – Five more, four more power conferences coming later this remainder of the month in August. We're going to break down our predictions right now to end it and wrap it up. It's been almost an hour. So if you're still with us, thank you for that. Uh, prediction, Scott, who's your SEC East winner? Prediction. Oh, man, it's, it's hard to, it's hard <laughs> to not give a, give a repeat. Of last year, am I am I still in the chat here? Can you? You're can still you hear here. Me? Yeah, you're still with us. We can hear you. I'm still here, and I'm breaking up, and the internet is terrible here right now with the uh, with Cape Coral. There's a giant storm going on. Oh, it's all good. So, so your prediction? So you got Georgia East? Well, I think, yeah. It's hard to hard to <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Georgia East, who's winning the West? <clears throat> That's always the most It's the hardest one. The most fun to to play with. Yeah, it's it's so funny because like you can win it one year and then you can be seven and five the next year. It's I hate making predictions, especially for <laughs> conferences that I don't like. I know. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, like, I don't want any of these people to win. Like, I don't want <laughs> – I don't want Georgia – I don't want Georgia to win the SEC. I don't want – I don't want freaking Alabama to win the SEC. Scott, you got to take like, your I biases want, away, brother. I want these teams You're to the beat. media now. You have to take your spices yeah, out. I don't. Do I have to? Yeah, you have to give us your SEC West prediction. Can I take LSU? You can if you want. <laughs> no, I took them under nine and a half wins. You took them under nine and a half, <laughs> but you can, can take, take them. <laughs> yeah, can I take them to win the, so, win the West? So Scott's no, prediction um, is an undefeated um, dog team. <laughs> In a nine and three, a versus, nine and three LSU team. What is this, team. the ACC? Or are, are we breaking down the ACC or the 
the SEC. That means the West is uh, just going to be no, I, a big <laughs> the West is going to be a big snowball fight. Yeah, exactly. Old Miss and Aub, Auburn's going to come in, the Razorbacks and are A&M. get one. Everyone's going to no, beat everybody me, every week. Yeah, give give me the give me the layup of the freaking SEC title game, the Georgia versus Alabama. Until Georgia I Alabama. All right, yeah. Georgia Alabama. Good prediction, Scott. Good prediction. It's the layup uh, one. I don't like doing it, but yes. Hey, I it's got to do it. You got to take those. Yeah. It's July, late July. You got to make those predictions. All right. Yeah. Prediction from me. Uh, SEC West, LSU. I think LSU takes another stride you forward. Think BK can with, do it. Yeah, I think uh, Brian Kelly's crazy enough that he can do it. Uh, it's not him. It's just the talent around him. Uh, defensively, wow, awesome. Offensively, ooh, even better. Um, if they don't beat FSU, though, then no. <laughs> that game, yeah. that game is going to set their course. For the rest of the season because they have yep. such a hard there's no breaks in their schedule mm-hmm. there's no breaks so i gave i say lsu wins the west um wins the west and then my georgia is gonna win the east uh i hate saying it it makes me want to vomit but georgia lsu rematch lsu wins georgia because look how play they played last year in that SEC game before, like it was a really tight game, and yep. then Georgia took it over. I feel like LSU this year, LSU beats Georgia in the SEC championship game. Wow, love it. Um, LSU does have a break in their schedule, it is week two. Um, it oh, was against nice. Grambling, against Grambling, but they, they don't have to go. Army, Army, that's not a break Saturday in October. That's not a break. Army's they have to freaking, not a break. They have to freaking cover the triple option. That's not a break. <laughs> That's not fun it for anybody. Break for the secondary. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, secondary. But the poor <laughs> linebackers and defensive line are they're gonna be just holding their icing their knees. Yeah. God. Hey, hey, let's just have one DB at the top. Like you guys can rotate in like every quarter. Pretty yeah, pretty much. So yeah, I, I I'm excited. It's going to be a phenomenal football season. This is one of – it's been great, but I feel like this is – it seems like every five years where, the, where it's like it's good, 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 but then it gets really good. This is the yeah. five-year peak. We're at the mountaintop right now of college football. Yeah. There's so many really. good teams and so many like teams in, that are mid that are really competitive that can make that next leap right now to the next level. So I'm excited for it. In the SEC, there's a lot of competition. Um, anybody can get you in any day. The Big Ten's the same way. Um, the Big Ten this year, it seems like it's going to be loaded. Pac-12, when we get to that, we're going to need more than 60 minutes to talk about that one. Um, right. And so keep, keep alert. If you're following us, keep following us on our social medias. We have nothing but fun content coming out um in the future continue to share this like subscribe do all the things you're supposed to do and be a loyal follower or continue to blow this thing up um and read the blogs read the blogs scott is doing a phenomenal job 
writing these NFL blogs. Uh, we haven't got into NFL yet, but uh, uh, but you know, um, we got it all going. So thank you again uh, for being a loyal follower of the back porch. It's only not even year one yet. Year one's not starts in September for us. Full year. Yes, so yeah. yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. So Scott, enjoy babysitting the dog. Get some sleep. I know I'm about to pass out after this. Yes, sir. I'm and gonna, uh, I'm gonna go we'll take... chat. Yes, sir. Yep. All right. <laughs> See you on the Bye, next y'all. one. See you at the porch next time. Bye.